kicking off a new series today. We closed it out last week, but there, there's still something as we're looking here in this passage to start out. There's something I, I still want to come back to, and it always comes back to, to doors, right? We still got to close a door for a new season to begin. This new season, to sow seed into this new season and what God is going to do, we have to close a door in our lives that we've left open, and sometimes we don't even realize we left it open. And it's the easiest one for the enemy to get in. Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Hebrews 12, 14 through 15. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. We're, we're coming into a season where we're going to be talking about sowing and sitting and reaping and then repeating. It's farm life, right? I know nothing about farm life except what I've read and what I've seen on TV shows or movies. But I get the concept. You have to sow to reap. You have to sow seed for there to be a harvest. But if you're letting bitterness grow up, it's destroying the roots. We're trying to grow something that is strong and healthy, that's going to have great fruit for the kingdom. That's what we want to produce. We want to produce fruit for the kingdom. Everlasting fruit. And so that means we have to pull out the bitter roots that are growing up to cause trouble and defile many. There's bitterness that tries to work its way in with a healthy tree. It try, in fact, there was this thing a while back. The house that we were in, it, we had these big trees. Somebody's going to know what I'm talking about. And these kind of trees, it was started on the East Coast. There was some kind of disease spreading to all these certain kinds of trees. Where's my wife? What was that? Ash trees. What, what, was, like, what was getting into them? Emerald ash borer. All right. It was like a bug, right? All right. Thank you. I knew we had some tree people in here. Good. That's good. All right. Real true farmers that know about sowing seed and trees and bitter ash borers. And so we had, I mean, our whole yard, it was, you know, front and back, we had all these ash trees. And so we knew, we're like, we got to get out of this house because we can't afford to get all these trees cut down. So we moved, you know, we're like, we told them like, hey, just so you know, there's, you know, ash trees, you know, boars. They were like, we're not worried about it. I was like, all right, good. You're, you're tree people. You know how to deal with that. We don't know how to deal with that. So we got out of that house, but we knew that this disease was coming for these trees. It, it could be a great, healthy tree, but it, a little bit of disease, the smallest little ash borer, it's not big, especially in comparison to these trees. These trees were huge in our yard. But a little bit of bitterness, a little bit of disease can ruin the entire tree. It can ruin the fruit that that tree is supposed to produce. We have to pull out the bitterness. Colossians 2, 6 through 7 says this, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. 
We need deep roots that are growing down into the foundation of Christ. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Thankfulness is what helps us overcome bitterness. When you sit with the Lord, when you sit in this time of communion, when you sit at home this week and you have a moment of silence where you put your phone to the side, you turn off the TV, you turn off every distraction, you send your kids out to the backyard and you lock the door for a while, it's fine. It's the backyard. There's a fence. They're okay. When you have those moments, sit and ask him, God, reveal what's in my heart that you want to pull out today. Reveal what is deep within me that you want to remove, that's causing my tree to become bitter, that's causing my fruit to become rotten. We want to produce the fruit of the Spirit. That's what we want to produce. In Galatians, it talks about that. Kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, joy, all these things. This is the joy. This is the fruit of the Spirit that's described but does our fruit really look like that? Is that what we're producing in our lives? Is that what we're walking in throughout our lives? Or is there bitterness, anger, resentment that is driving us and moving us forward through this world? But thankfulness helps us overcome bitterness. Matthew 18 says this. Matthew 18 verse 21. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Seven seemed pretty good to him. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him and he begged, be patient with me and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him. He canceled the debt and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, a much, much smaller amount. And he grabbed him and began to choke him. And he said, pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I'll pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off. He had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and they went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Bitterness and anger won't just ruin and destroy the fruit that God's trying to produce in our lives. It will keep us out of the kingdom. It will keep us out behind the wall. It will keep us out behind the gate. It will be shut and locked someday if we continue to let bitterness and anger and resentment have a foothold in our lives. Some of us, you know your story. You're sitting in your story right now. 
And, and you're sitting there and you're thinking, Alex, you don't even know what I've been through. You don't know what this person did to me. You don't know how they wronged me. You don't know what they did. You don't even understand. You're a fool. That's fine. You can say that. I got thick skin. You're right. I don't know. But each and every one of us, as we go through this world, we will be wronged. We will be hurt. We will be betrayed. It happens. But for us to hold a grudge, for us to think that what we went through, it, it doesn't deserve our forgiveness. We, sh we, sh we don't owe it to those people because of what they did. It was so deep. It cut us so, so deeply that there's no way we can ever forgive. We're in danger of becoming this servant. That's the risk. In this world, it's easy to believe we're a victim. To believe that there's some that aren't deserving of forgiveness. Victimhood is a mindset and it's become glorified in our culture. You can choose to believe that you're a victim or you can choose to believe the truth of God's word that you are a victor in Christ, that you're more than a conqueror. It's a choice. It's a choice to walk in victimhood or victory. We don't have to be victims, but we want and desire to be victims because it brings us attention, it brings us pity, it brings us a crowd to surround us and encourage us and kind of pat us on the back and say, you're right, they wronged you. What they did was evil, what they did was, was harmful, but we're for you, we're with you. Victimhood feels good because it rallies people to our side. A victim believes that they've been wronged in a way nobody else has. That they're abusers, they're harassers, they're bullies, their ex-wife, their ex-husband, their bosses, their girlfriends, their boyfriends, their backstabbing friends, the ones that betrayed them, the one that hurt them in ways that nobody else has ever hurt them in this world, that they're not deserving of forgiveness. Victims believe the lie of the enemy that says we deserve God's grace, but they don't. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. The enemy wants you to believe that you deserve grace. That's what that man believed. He believed he deserved that grace and forgiveness. But those that owed him, those that had hurt him, those that had harmed him, they didn't deserve that same forgiveness. In fact, it's not even that same forgiveness because what he was forgiven, he was forgiven of millions. But he wouldn't forgive a hundred silver coins. The enemy loves for us to believe that we're the victim. But it's a deception because the truth is we deserve death. We don't deserve to be treated well. We don't deserve to be celebrated. We don't deserve anything except death on the cross. But Jesus took that death for us and he bore that. That's the truth of grace. That's why grace is amazing. We did not deserve it, yet we've come to believe the lies of the enemy that we deserve it and others don't. That's a lie from Satan. The enemy knows that we can't receive grace if we believe that others don't deserve that same grace and forgiveness that we've been shown. He knows he can keep us out of the kingdom if he can continue to grow bitterness, resentment, and anger within us. It's one of his favorite doorways. 
to gain entry and access to our lives. It's one of the easiest ways in, and he can stay hidden there. He loves to sow seeds of bitterness, anger, and resentment because he knows it's a weed that spreads throughout a fertile garden that God is trying to tend within our hearts. It spreads, and if left untreated, it takes over every inch within us. It hides deep within us, and we'll believe that we've dealt with it, but the truth is we've just hidden it away, and we've never brought it out into the light to be exposed by the truth of God's grace and forgiveness and what it actually means to pray blessings over our enemies, to pray blessings over those who have cursed us, who have harmed us, who have hurt us, who have abused us. That sounds insane in this world to do these things, but this is the gospel. It's insane to the world but it's the grace that saves us and has set us apart from the world. Bitterness and unforgiveness are a cancer to the soul. They're a cancer spiritually, but eventually what we bury within spiritually, what has happened to us, and when we don't deal with it the way God's word says to deal with it, it comes out physically. There are physical sicknesses and illnesses we suffer within our bodies because we have, we have buried things within us and never dealt with them the way God and his word commands. Feelings buried alive never die. They just come out in different forms. I know this. I've, I've seen it in my own life. I've seen physical illnesses take over people. And when I began to trace what was going on in their lives, I could see that there was a spiritual connection. There was roots of bitterness or anger that they never dealt with in their lives. And if they would have dealt with what was going on spiritually, God could have healed them physically. Some of you in here today, I, I, this is true, there's some of you that you're suffering right now, sicknesses and illnesses, some kind of disease, something is taking over your body right now. And the enemy wants you to believe this is just a part of life. This is just what happens. People get sick, people get cancer, people get these diseases. But let me tell you something, if you would deal today with what is going on spiritually within you, he would heal what is happening physically. I believe that. I'll declare that today because I've seen it happen. I've seen it in my own life. There's healing that will come if we will deal with what is going on within us and stop burying it and never addressing it. It's a spiritual root that grows up. And God is calling us, commanding us to tear out that root, to not let it grow up within us anymore, to take it out of hiding and bring it into the light to be exposed. Walk in obedience to what his word says. Begin to pray blessings for those who have hurt and harmed you. And I'm not just saying like, oh, just kind of a nonchalant little prayer, like, yeah, all right, God, I hope something good happens for him. Like that person that hurt me, that person that betrayed me, that person that gossiped about me. God, I just hope, no, no, no. To pray blessings for someone is to begin to pray intentionally the things you desire in your own life, that you desire in your own heart, in your family, in your church family, the things that you desire to see blessings of in your life, you begin to pray specifically those blessings for those people. 
you begin to sow seeds of blessing over their lives. And it's going to feel really unnatural and weird and, and terrible in the beginning. I'm telling you from experience. You're moving your mouth. And the words coming out, you know what you're saying, but you don't believe it. You don't really want it. Because you still feel what happened. You still feel that betrayal. You still feel that emotion to what took place. But the more you begin to speak it and declare it over your life and over their lives, there is a transforma transformation and a renewing of your mind that takes place. Once again, I'm just testifying in my own life. The people that hurt me and harmed me, the people that betrayed me, the people that I felt like they stuck a knife in my back, I began to pray these things. I began to pray blessings specifically over them. And it changed and transformed me in my mind and my heart. My spirit has shifted in a way I didn't think was possible. And, and these people that at one time I hated and I cursed and I talked with my friends about when I was just being a victim, like I just, I wanted to be a victim because it feels good to be a victim. And so when I first got betrayed and I first got let go in that season, it was dark and it was hard. And I just wanted people to just come to my side and just be like, you're right, you're great, they're the worst. And it felt good for a little bit. But it wasn't healthy. It wasn't what he wanted for me. And so finally I, I knew I needed to step into a new season and I began to sow seeds of blessing over their lives. And I began to pray these things for them and their families and their friends and their church. And I'm telling you, it shifted what was going on within me. And there were things happening to me physically at that time that I couldn't figure out. I didn't know why. I thought, oh, I'm just getting old. I got, you know, pains in my legs and all these things. No, no, no. As I began to shift spiritually my heart and my mind toward these people that had harmed me, my body physically was healed. I'm telling you, I'm testifying today. Like, I, I couldn't, I tried to run, and I couldn't run. Like, I'd get on a treadmill, or I'd get on a track, and I'd start running about 10 feet, and all of a sudden, this sharp pain in my leg would flare out of nowhere. And I was like, man, I'm only 30... 34 at the time. I don't know how. Mid-30s. I was like, I should still be able to run. And I couldn't even run more than 10 feet. But as things began to shift spiritually in me, things shifted physically in my body. I'm running. You know, I work out with Brennan over there. We work out at the gym. He sees me. He'll testify. Alex is running. Not fast, but he's running. All right? Let him transform you from the inside out. It's not going to feel right. It's not going to feel natural. It's not going to line up with what the world says will make you feel better. But the world is a liar. Powers and principalities at work, they want to deceive you. And they want you to believe you're a victim. Because if you're a victim, you stay a victim. And you'll never walk in victory. Christ, the mind of Christ, dwells within us, within our spirit. We can have the mind of a victim or we can walk in the mind of Christ. We already have the victory. We are more than conquerors. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you want that for your life? Do you want to be a victim or do you want to walk in victory? Do you want to be a victim or do you want to walk in victory? It's a choice. The truth is you begin to realize that what 
the enemy used to try and hurt you, what the enemy used to try and harm you, God will use to bless you. He will use to strengthen you. He will use to redeem in your life for good because no weapon formed against you shall prosper when you walk with him unless you let it, unless you play the victim. Some of you here today, if you're being honest, deep down, you blame God. You blame Christ for what has happened in your life and you're bitter towards him. We get so focused on what God hasn't done that we forget to worship him for what he has done in our lives. There's moments in worship where we sit there and we're angry and we're mad at him and we just want to stay in that place. And we forget that worship reminds us of what he has done and reminds us of what he is doing and reminds us of what he still will do. He's the promise keeper. Walk in the promises of God. He's the deliverer. He is for you, not against you. Don't let the enemy convince you. Don't let the enemy convince you to be bitter towards him, to be resentful towards him, because he's the only one that can bring healing. Worship fixes our perspective. It transforms our minds. It takes us from focusing on our wounds when we're filled with resentment and regret that causes us to withhold worship from God. And when we choose to worship, we forget our wounds and we focus on the wounds of our Savior. When we choose to worship, we forget our wounds, we forget how we've been hurt, and we focus on the wounds of our Savior and what he did for us so we can be forgiven. Let worship change your perspective The mind of man seeks pity and sympathy. The mind of Christ is full of power and strength, and we can choose to walk in that. God has placed blessing within our reach, but it's in seed form. When we think about blessings, when we think about the harvest, it, it doesn't look like a seed, right? When you look at a seed, a seed is plain, it is boring. A seed, a, a watermelon seed, it is plain, it's black, right? It's not green, it's not striped, it's not pink on the inside, it's not juicy, it's a seed. It doesn't look anything like the blessing, but if we would plant it, if we would sow it, there's a blessing that would follow. There's a harvest that would come. But some of us, we just look at the seeds that we're given in this life and we think, this is all we got. This is all life's given me. Sometimes the seeds of bitterness and anger and resentment that we look at and we think this is the worst thing ever, it's the best thing ever if we would sow it and plant it. If we would sow it by faith, there's a harvest that would follow. I can look back on this time in my life. I'll invite the worship team up as we close out here. But I look back on this time in my life where I'd been in ministry at a church for 12, no, 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 14 years. And when 2020 happened, this church began to suffer financially. And so they came into a season where they had to let some of us go off staff. And I was one of those six. And I, I remember thinking, like, this is the worst thing ever. Like, God, why would you do this to me? God, why would you put me and my family in this situation? And it was really easy in that moment to begin to believe I was a victim. And it was really easy in that moment to be bitter and to be angry and to try to rally people around me to feel pity for me. 
But he didn't want me to live in that place. And the further I've gotten from that place, the more I can see that what the enemy wanted to do to harm me, to draw me away from the king, it was the greatest gift for me. And it was the greatest gift for us here today. Because that church that we're a part of today, because of that moment, this church was born. And and so I'm not angry at what happened. In fact, I thank God that they released us into this season. And I pray blessings on them, and I want to sow into the ministry they've done because they gave a lot of us our first chance, our first opportunity to do ministry. They sowed seed into a lot of us here today. Some of you here today, you know you're here because you first heard the gospel at that church. Some of you, you're here today because of the ministry that took place at that church. And so any bitterness or anger or resentment that you might have towards that church, let me tell you something. The enemy wants that to stay there, but you need to deal with it. You need to begin to pray blessings on their lives and on that church because that church isn't the enemy. What God did through that moment What he did in that moment was start something new. And we could have chose to hold on to those seeds, but we planted them by faith. And it's growing into something that's strong. But we have to make sure that we pull out every root of bitterness. Because what God wants to do in this church, what he wants to do through revival, it can't happen if we let roots of bitterness and anger continue to grow up within it for revival to continue to flourish, for there to be a harvest in the supernatural, for lives to continue to be changed, we have to make sure to deal with any bitterness or anger or resentment that we have towards that season. So if there's still bitterness or anger or resentment towards that time, towards that church, I I would tell you, you need to let it go today. In fact, you need to sow into that church Whether that's through your wealth or whether that's through your words, you need to sow into that church because it's hard to criticize or hate when you're investing into the kingdom of God and they're a part of the kingdom of God. And they gave this church a chance to flourish. And so there can't be that bitterness or anger. And for some of you in here, you're new. You you have no clue what I'm talking about. You're like, I didn't know you know, there was another, you know, church that some of these people were a part of beforehand. That's okay. But let me tell you something. You are benefiting today being a part of revival. You're benefiting today because of that church. And so I would tell you this month, as we look to sow seed as a church through our words and through our wealth, we're going to sow it into the kingdom. We're going to sow it back into what God is doing in the church. Not just revival, but in the church, globally and locally. And so we're going to sow seed into Stonebridge. We love those guys. We love where we came from. We love those pastors. And we know, we know God has used them. And they didn't even realize what was happening there in 2020, but God used them to help give birth to a new church. And we just want to show them honor and love and bring unity into the kingdom by sowing back into them. So that means with our wealth and our words. And so we've put some note cards and pens out here today. 
if you want to write a letter or a prayer of encouragement to some of the pastors over there, to some of the leadership over there, I, I would encourage you to do that today. We're going to sow words of encouragement into that church, and we're going to thank them for what's come out of that season there. Because there's so many people here today that were prepared and equipped for ministry. The ministry that's taking place in revival today, it all began in that season at Stonebridge. We're thankful for that church. We love that church. We're going to pray blessings over that church and blessings over their leaders. The same blessings that we desire for our own lives, for our own families, for our church. We're going to pray that over them and encourage that in their lives. For some of you, those cards, there's somebody God's putting on your mind right now. That person that hurt you, that person that harmed you, that person that did something to try and tear you down, to try and destroy you. For some of you, you need to write a letter, you need to write a note to them. You need to release that today and let go of all anger and bitterness and begin to pray blessings over those people, no matter how unnatural, no matter how wrong it might feel. There's healing that will come when you begin to walk in obedience to his word and you begin to bless those who have cursed you. A seed isn't impressive. It's nothing special to look at, but the harvest that comes from the seed, it can be 20, 30, it can be 100-fold. And that's what I'm believing, the harvest of healing that's going to come through sowing these seeds of our words into that church and our wealth. I believe that there's a harvest coming because that's what his word says. That's what his word has promised. And so we're going to walk in obedience to his word today. Galatians 6, 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. That's what we're doing this month. We're going to sow into the kingdom. We're going to sow into the family of believers. We're going to sow by faith and know that there's a harvest coming. There's an eternal harvest that we are working for, that we're a part of, that we've been called into. And God is using revival. But before we can reap, we have to sow. It's hard. Because sometimes all you can see is what you have and you've been given some seed and you think, I need to hold on to this. This is all I have. But if we would let the seed go, if we would drop it into the ground, if we would release it, there's a harvest coming. I, I was telling some friends this this morning. I, I've been going to a lot of baseball and softball games. My kids are playing right now. And at these games, I just get a bag of sunflower seeds and I eat like a whole bag. Like I, I don't know why, it's an addiction. I should probably deal with that. But I eat all these seeds. And let me tell you something. The seeds, they don't satisfy. They're not a meal. And they just leave me hungry for more. 
And we keep holding on to see that God has given us, and he's telling us just let it go, release it. And let me tell you something, there's a harvest that will come if you would just trust me with the seed I've given you. That's what he did with that season coming out of Stonebridge. It would have been really easy for me to just kind of hold on to the seeds that I had. It would have been really easy for me to just go and get a safe job and just hold on and keep trying to just have a steady income. But he said, no, 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 I've given you some seed money in this season. Stonebridge, they gave us severance for three months. And it would have been really easy to just go get a job right away and just save that and hoard that money. But we looked at that, Steph and I, we said, no, 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 this is seed money. This is seed money for the kingdom because he's called us to plant. And that's what we did. We planted revival in that season. And let me tell you something, it's been a hundredfold. The harvest that has come has already been a hundredfold. For the seed that we were given, it's incredible what God has given back. If we would just let it go and trust him with it, he can give way more than we can. We can't outgive the creator. So in this season, stop holding on to the seed and begin to release it and throw it out and see what he does because there's a harvest coming.